we will be concluding our final ser- sermon of the sermon series, Cow Tipping. Everybody say Cow Tipping. Oh, come on, say it like you're from Alabama to country. Everybody say Cow Tipping. Man, I am super excited because today I'm giving away Bessie to one lucky student today. Uh, it's going to be awesome, and I'm so excited. I don't know if anybody wants a golden calf or something like that. Uh, we need to talk to your parents afterwards. So they're like, Pastor Brock, what the world are you giving me? It's, uh, it, it is a uh, sermon series prop. We don't worship golden calves in here. Uh, but uh, today I'm super excited. Everybody give me two claps and a Ric Flair. That's it. That's it. Man, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Joshua uh, chapter 1. Joshua, or in uh, Spanish, Yeshua. Yeshua. Uh, Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, today, uh, uh, as we are concluding our uh, sermon series on cow tipping, uh, today uh, I'm actually going to talk about one of the biggest uh, golden calves that we have as the church and, you know, you're looking at me and you're saying, well, Pastor Brock, week one, we talked about phones. Week two, we talked about, uh, you know, just the extra stuff, the extracurricular. Uh, but, Pastor Brock, what, what else could be something that we have put as a golden calf in our life? See, because, you know, we're preaching off of Exodus where Moses goes up to pray for the Ten Commandments, right? And down, on, uh, down off of Mount Sinai, they create golden calves and they start worshiping. So what are the golden calf? Pastor Brock, what's the golden calf that we're going to talk about today? Because uh, I actually feel like this is one thing that has trapped America. I actually feel like the, the, the Western church, the, 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 the American church, I feel like it has trapped us. And today we're going to be talking about, if you have notes, I want you to write this down, the Sunday routine. I, I, I want everybody to write that down. The Sunday routine. And you're like, Pastor Brock, Sunday routine, are you talking about when I wake up and I brush my teeth and you know, I, you know, I, I, I do my mouthwash and all that stuff? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the greatest thing that it can hurt the church is if we give a time limit to our God. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. Maybe that, maybe that one didn't stick. I think the, the, the thing that hurts the church the most, Liliana, the thing that hurts the church the most, Dominic, is this, is that, is that we come into a service and we say, God, you have from 10 to 1130 to move and that's it. Man, how many times, man, have we done that to our God? Man, I feel like when the golden calves are, well, you know what? We got to do a countdown. You know, we got to do uh, two songs of worship. You know, hey, we got to have this funny, you know, this funny video. We have to have, you know, a funny lesson or something like that. And then at the end, we just bring everybody up and we pray over them and then we're done. And that's it. You know, I feel like one of the greatest traps that, that, that you know, what the church has created themselves is by giving a time limit to our God to Sunday morning services. Now, do I believe that it's wrong to have a Sunday morning service? No, 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 no. I, I don't because I feel like the more people that hear Jesus, the more people that come into his presence, the better. But Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about a church. will not you listen to this? I'm talking about a church that says only on Sunday morning is when I'm going to pursue after God. But Monday morning when I'm struggling with the same things I've been struggling with, I, you know what, I'm going to wait till Sunday morning to get more Jesus. What? Okay. Whatever just happened right there, I don't understand. Let's just go back. All right. So here's the thing. We have got to understand that the Sunday morning routine is not the thing. The Sunday morning service is not the pinnacle of our relationship with God. And there's this quote that I love. It says this, by catering our worship 
to the worshipers, right? It's going to be on the screen. It says, by catering our worship to the worshipers and not to the object of our worship, right? I fear we have created, watch this, I fear we have created human-centered churches. The the word human-centered, I'll explain it to you after service, is this, is, is when we say, hey, you know what, God, you're on our time. It's by saying, it's by saying hey, God, you know what, I'm going to give you that hour and 30 minutes of my life on that Sunday morning. Then everything else is I'm just going to live my life. That's the greatest trap because when we start focusing on, out on a human agenda, you're always going to fail. But when you place your faith on God, things never fail, right? Pastor Brock, do you have proof? Yes, I do. It's when Jesus is telling the parable of the man who built his house, his foundation on sand. Sand, who in here loves sand, right? Uh, you know, going to the beach. You know, I don't like sand. You know, you know, you know, you know, okay, here's the thing. When I walk in the beach and all that stuff, and I, you know, I get in the water, and then all of a sudden you start having grains of sand everywhere. It's like, you know, you can never get rid of sand. But here's the thing. Uh, here's one thing I've learned about sand is sand ain't stable unless you dig and dig and dig. So what is Jesus saying? Well, Jesus is saying you don't need to build the foundation on sand. He said you need to build it on rock, right? We all know that rock. Is stir- okay, I feel like I almost broke that right there, right? Uh, maybe not this one, right? But rock, you go out to that concrete out there and you stamp on it all stuff, it, there's going to be no give, no take also. Because here's the reason why, is when we build our foundation on rock, which, what is Jesus talking about? On what? On rock, but who does that symbolize? Jesus, right? Okay, good. We're, we're, we're waking up this morning. When you build your foundation on rock, When you build the foundation on Jesus, nothing can shake your faith, right? And so what this quote is saying, it's saying this is saying we have too many churches that have said, God, I'm going to give you a time constraint to move, and then afterwards I'm done, right? And it's too many times that when a church says that, we miss out on the things that God has for us. You know, as I was praying and thinking about this message, the, the... the question that I got in my mind that God popped in here says this, how many times have we missed out on a move of God? Watch this. Because we contained them to these four walls. How many times have we prevented? How, how many times have we missed out, watch this, on a move of God? Because we said, God, when every single Sunday morning when I come to youth, as soon as I'm done with this service and I walk out, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Man, how many times have we said that? You know, how many times, you know, maybe you haven't even thought of it. How many times have we said, God, you move the best here. So when I get out and I go to my home, it's nothing, right? I'm not going to seek after you. You know, because I feel like a move of God comes from my, is from people who say, God, you are bigger than these four walls. God, you are bigger than a Sunday morning service. God, you are omnipresent, Does anybody know what that word means? Omnipresent, right? Omnipresent means this, is that he's everywhere. Everybody say he's everywhere. Watch this. Watch this. I want you guys to write this down. If God is omnipresent, that means you can access him anywhere. I'm going to repeat that. If God is omnipresent, that means you can access him anywhere. 
anywhere. When you go to school, and you know what? The lunch lady didn't give you as much food as you wanted. Can I get an amen on that? Because hey, hey, I feel like they'd be skimping you sometimes, right? <laughs> right? Or you're in English class, and you know what? You're reading a book, and you start getting sleepy, right? Who in here, okay, who in here can relate with me? And you go to math class. Ooh, jeez. Whenever they start introducing, like, like, num- like, sorry, letters into the, you know, math, that's when I'm like, eh, I'm done. It, you know, X, Y, Z, nah, I'm good. I'm, I, nah, you can keep that. Two plus two is eight. Dear Lord, oh, God. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> but when we start going, watch this. When we go to our house and we go to a broken home, we can access God in that moment. When, when we're feeling down, when people are bullying you, you know, when people are saying hurtful words against you, you can access God in that moment and begin to call on him. Pastor Brooke, what are you talking about? Is that if we contain God to a Sunday morning service in these four walls, we will miss out on the greatest relationship that God has for us. Because there's one thing that I've learned, okay, and you know what? I'm fixing to go there. I'm fixing to go there. Because when you start getting a boo thing, <laughs> and you start, hey, what's your Snapchat and all that stuff, right? And you, you start getting it. There's one thing that you guys do every single morning, because I used to do it before I deleted Snapchat. It's what? It's called what? Streaks, right? Who in here has a streak before? Who, who, who in here has ever had a streak over 500 days before? Oh, my goodness. 800? 800? 800? Oh, my goodness, 800, my goodness, that's 800 days. Could you imagine, well, watch this. Could you imagine if every single day you create a, a, an 800-day streak with God? Could you imagine how much your life would be different? I want you to think about the 800 days of you reading your Bible, praying, and worshiping. I'm telling you, the same things that tripped you up every single day would never trip you up ever again. Because here's the thing. When we say, God, you're everywhere, you know what, you don't go to sleep, God doesn't sleep. God doesn't go to sleep. God doesn't go to sleep. You know what? Nah, God does not sleep. He is always awake. He's always moving. He's always gone. You know, it even says in scriptures that when, when we are asleep, he dances over us, right? You know, of course, that's a, a metaphor and all that stuff, but he dances over us. What does that mean, right? <laughs> I just can't, right? He dances over us. What does that mean? That means when you are asleep, he is protecting you. When you are asleep, he is, you know, he is interceding over you. You know, when you're asleep, he is healing you. You know, you know when you're asleep, there is breakthrough happening. You know, here's why it needs to get you is that if God is omnipresent, that means that you can access him anywhere. You know what? Whatever situation we go in or whatever situation we go through, he is always going to be there because he's not contained to the four walls of this trailer. You know what? He can move outside of this trailer just as much as he can move inside. I'm sorry, I'm passionate this morning. Let's read Joshua 1, 1 through 5 before I forget. It says this right here. After the death of Moses, right? After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Oh, come on, everybody say Joshua. There you go. Son of Nun. Now, now, by the way, that's not a nun, right? That's a, it's a play. It's a, it's, it's a person, right? It's not a nun, right? Okay. I thought you guys would laugh at that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Moses says, all right, he said this. Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving you. I promise you, watch this, what I promised Moses. Watch this, watch this promise, youth. Because, you know, I have an understanding that whatever God promised back then, he promises to us now. Because we serve a God who is omnipresent, omniscient, right? He's everywhere. 
you know what, he's not bound to time. He's there past, present, future. And I believe the promises that he made back then, he'll make them now because he is Jehovah Jireh, right? Which means he's what? He's the provider, right? He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Rapha, right? And so, by the way, I probably need to teach you guys about that, but that's a different sermon. And right here, I believe, Judah, that, that the thing that he says to Joshua and the people of Israel, we need to say, that's me. Everybody say, that's mine. Let me teach you some Spanish. Everybody say, es mío. Es mío. That means it's mine, right? It's mine. I'm bringing it to me. a boy, right? Jesus touched him. All right. Okay. He says this. Wherever. Everybody say, wherever. Wherever you set your foot, you will, uh, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. Let's just translate that to our time. From the north of Huntsville to the south of Mobile. Let's just, just, just encompass everything, right? From the North Pole to the South Pole, right? He said this. And then from the east to the west, from, from, from China all the way to, in, you know, all, everywhere. From top, north, south, east, west. He said this. Wherever you step your foot, including all in the Hittites, that is yours. Watch this. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? Whenever you go into school, everybody say, yes, me. Whenever you go to your house and there's a broken family, or you know what, you know what, you're dealing with depression, anxiety. You know, you go to your room. When you step into that room, es mio. It's mine. Everybody say, es mio. It's me. It's mine. You know why? Because wherever we step, the Lord has already moved ahead and already conquered it. Whenever we go to our schools, it's conquered. Whenever we go to third period, Miss Johnson's class. I don't know. Who in here has a Miss Johnson in their class? There's always, okay, no Miss Johnson? Oh, last year. See, I told you, man. I got this. There's always a Miss Johnson in school. I told you that, right? Miss Betty, right? Okay, <laughs> right? Wherever you walk into class, Es mio. You know what? The enemy can't stop you because it says this right here. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses, and I will not fail you, nor I will abandon you. Pastor Rock, what does that mean? It says this in a different translation. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you go, he's always there. He's omnipresent. We've talked about it. And I feel, here's the thing, the golden cap that we have made is that we have put God in a box. We have put God in the four walls of a trailer every single Sunday morning. And when we walk out, we say, you know what, the, 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 man, the, man, God moved, man. When Sarah was singing that note or whatever, when, when Sammy was hitting the piano chord also, when things were happening, I felt changed. I felt the Holy Spirit. But when I walk out, I don't feel it. It's because we got to get that when we walk out, God is still moving. God is still breathing. And you know what, if there's breath in your lungs, God is still going to move in your behalf. He's waiting on you to access him. I'm sorry, I'm passionate this morning. I'm passionate this morning because, you know what, I feel like the Church of America, if we keep giving God a time a, a time thing, if we keep giving him a box, I feel like, you know what, the church in America is going to keep declining because God has not called us just to live in a church service. He's called us to go make disciples and to go spread the gospel. I'm fired up this morning. It's time, watch this, it's time for us to break down the walls of the church. Not literally, by the way, okay. I, I don't need people to go punch holes in the wall because i got to replace them, right? <laughs> it's time for us to break down the walls of the church. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? 
The same God, the same fire, Kel, that you carry up here during worship. The same fire, Marley, that you know what you experience. The same presence. If it stays here, it's going to die here. You know what? If, you know, if it stays here and we walk out, our, our, our fire is going to die down. Because we haven't realized, watch this, is that when God is everywhere, we can access him anywhere. And the biggest golden calf is saying, God, you were you're constrained to this four walls. And you know what? If, I, you know, if we say, God, you're limited to here. How many times have we limited him from, uh, from a miracle happening? How many times? Oh, man. <laughs> Let's drop down to verse 6 really quick. This is what I'm going to finish with because I, I really feel like God's wanting to move in the altars tonight or today. It feels like night. Joshua 1, 6 through 9 says this. And this is one of the biggest verses ever. And, and then we're fixing to get ready to close out. He says this. Be strong and courageous. Watch this. For you are, everybody say, I am. Whenever you're reading scripture and God begins to give promises to people and he says, like, you are, I want you to, whenever you read that, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to tell you this, uh, you need to say, I am, right? He says, I am, right? Be strong, Christian, for where you, everybody say, me, wherever I go, right? For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Watch this. Everybody say, be strong. And courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Pause right here. Let me give you a leadership lesson. Let me give you a life lesson. Your parents, honor, honor my father and mother. You know the reason why? Because they've been on this earth longer than you have. Y'all laughing. <laughs> my, parents, my parents are old, right? <laughs> Probably not as old as Moses and uh, Abraham was. Could you imagine, like, like being 20 and your dad was, like, 100? <laughs> Dear goodness, right? But he says this, obey the instructions that Moses gave you. Pastor, what are you talking about? You need to listen. Watch this. I, I, I feel like the one thing that also has stopped this generation from a big move of God is that they're unwilling to honor and submit to authority. Now, let me preference this. Let me preface this for you. You need to honor and submit to your father and your mother. Now, watch this. Hold on. There's a parallel. You, uh, I, it hurts me when I talk about this kind of stuff because I can never understand it. But if there is abuse going on in your home, I want you to listen to me. You need to get away from it and come talk to me. You know, talk, you know, talk to DHR and stuff. But the majority of the times, 9 out of 10 out of the times, is that your parents love you and they want what's best with you. So when we submit to the authority, when we submit to when we submit to authority, I want you to listen to this. I submit to my parents and I'm 26. I submit to Pastor Sawyer. There's, a, there's other leaders, Pastor Josh. I submit. And it's through submission that we get knowledge, and it's through knowledge that we get understanding. And when we submit, God notices. I feel like us as a generation, we've got to get this. I want y'all to listen to me. I want everybody to look at me. When you go and see your parents after service, I want you to give them a big hug. And you, I want you to tell them, I thank you so much for everything that you do in my life. Do you want to see God move in your life? You need to show honor where honor is due. You need to submit to your parents. You know what you need to, when they ask you to take the trash down, and you don't want to take the trash down. Or you know what, if you need to clean your room, clean it. You can like, oh, Jesus, I want to clean my room. Just clean it. 
Because because when we submit, watch this, when we submit to when we submit to our parents, watch this. How can we submit to our God if we can't submit to our parents? How can we submit to our God if we can't submit to a pastor? There's honor. Everybody say honor. Honor. I'm a, I'll always stand on that soapbox, and I don't care. Because I believe it's through honor that, that you know, we see God move. Now, I thought like the Holy Spirit is going to bring you right back to the scripture, but I, I've always sat there and I wondered why David was one of the greatest kings to ever be in Israel. It's because he honored Saul. And Saul tried to kill him. <laughs> Why don't y'all think about that? Saul tried to kill David not once, but twice. He's a hater. He hated on him. He was insecure. But David still submitted. I don't know if I the Lord's told me to stay on this right here. When we submit under those, you know what? We are learning that we can submit under a perfect God. And it's when we learn how to honor and submit that everything begins to flow. I believe that healing begins to flow, breakthrough begins to flow, everything begins to flow because we say, God, I submit under you, and you have placed the ones, the authorities, my parents um, uh, uh, above me. Therefore, I submit because when, because watch this. Oh, what you do in moderation, people do in excess. So what does that mean, Pastor Brock? That means if I submit under, underneath my parents, and when I become a parent, the generation before, the generation after me will learn how to submit. Okay, sorry. Let's off my soapbox. <laughs> So it says this, do not deviate from them turning either to the left or to the right. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Watch this. Study the book of instruction. Study the word of God. Study, study what God has. You know what, Pastor Brock may be speaking fire, but here's the thing. Pastor Brock's words, Sarah's words, Sammy's words do not compare to what God has put in the Bible. You understand that, you know what, shouldn't come from a podcast or a YouTube, you know, channel or something like that. You know what, it should be coming from the Word of God. Thank you. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be, so you will obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Everybody say, be strong and courageous. Watch this. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is my last point. You guys can write this down. When we learn that God is waiting for us to move outside of the church, we will finally see revival take place. When we say, God... And we understand that God is moving outside of this church just much as he's moving in it. We can begin to access them in our schools. We can begin to access them in our homes. We can begin to access them during our, our, our sports scenes. Man, I've had visions of where, you know what, a, a person gets hurt on the sidelines of a football game. And a group of believers come together and they pray with them and they're healed before the trainers even touch them. Because I know that we have a God that can do it. The question is, youth. Are you willing to be open and available to access them during that? I like that. Yes. Yes. It's when we get fired up. See, because here's the thing that I've learned. Is that if Jesus, watch this, if Jesus can take the 12 disciples, excluding Judas, right? <laughs> if Jesus can take the 12 disciples and change the world by starting a church in Acts, after he dies, he rose again. If he can take 12 disciples, I wonder how one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, about 30 of us in here, 40 maybe. I wonder, 
I wonder what he could do if 30 students were, were on fire for God. It's because, watch this, youth, is that this. We got to realize that the biggest golden calf that we can do is bigger than our phones, is bigger than everything that we do, is we say, God, at 10 to 1130, you have all my heart. But then we leave the church and we throw them to the side. It's time for us to say, God, you have my entire day. God, you have my entire life. God, you have me during football. God, during school, during extracurriculars, during volleyball, during everything, during band, during course, during everything. God, you have my entire life and my entire heart. And when we begin to say that, I believe that God begins to honor that. And we begin to see God do big things. And here's my question for us. Who in here wants to see God change their schools?